Hello, and welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton with the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of safety, security, and protection through conversations with leaders in the field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton, and I'm here today with Scott Stewart. Scott is Vice President at Torchstone Global, a premier global risk mitigation and security firm. He brings 35 years of analytical, investigative, and security experience, including being a member of Michael Dell's executive protection team and serving 10 years as a special agent with the U.S. Department of State's Diplomatic Security Service. Scott is a popular speaker on security topics and is frequently interviewed by journalists from leading news outlets, including the New York Times, CNN, Fox News, and NPR. Scott, welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Fred. Scott, tell us about swatting. What is it? Uh, swatting is basically a, a form of hoax call in which a person calls up a, a, a 911 number, an emergency phone number, and then tells the police that there's some sort of active shooting, murder, kidnapping going on at a particular address in hopes of eliciting a, an immediate and overwhelming police response. So hence the name SWAT and calling out the SWAT team to this address and, and having a lot of uh, armed, excited police officers show up at the house. And most notably, VIPs have been current trending in targets. Yes. Uh, lately, we have just seen hundreds of uh, especially politicians, judges and celebrities targeted by swatting hoaxes. What's your take on this trend that appears to be uh, real problematic for those of us in this business? Uh, yeah, it, it is a problematic trend. But the, the, the good news is that it's not a new one. You know, it's something that's really been around kind of since the you know, mid 2000s. Uh, but we're really seeing is, is, you know, not just the emergence of a new thing, but an acceleration of something that's already been there. So, uh, you know, what we're really just seeing is it's an amping up of the frequency of the swatting calls that are happening and, you know, just the proliferation of different targets. And I know at Torchstone, uh, your team has written a pretty good analysis on this phenomenon, correct? Uh, yeah. One of the things that, that we like to, uh, to do when we're thinking about swatting is to really view it through the context of what we call the social media threat continuum, because we believe that that, that gives people uh, kind of a baseline understanding of how things progress to a swatting. See, swatting just doesn't usually happen out of nowhere. There's usually a, a series of events that lead up to it. And by understanding what these precursor activities are, uh, it allows you to kind of prepare yourself for the potential swatting, but then to also reach out to law enforcement and give them a heads up that you could be a potential swatting target. And for those of us that uh, have spent uh, a good many years in the protection space, uh, Scott, uh, when you're looking at this either from an estate protection or a protection team, what would be your advice as to how teams should look at this and what would be some of the mitigation steps or things you would be thinking of ahead of time? Yeah, uh, again, for kind of going back to that contextualization, really looking 
at the client's, uh, you know, kind of profile. See if there are people out there that have grievances, you know, again, against the household, against the potential target. Uh, and, and then watching for those escalatory behaviors along that threat continuum. So, you know, is the, is the, the potential target being denounced? Have they been doxxed? You know, are those things not causing the target, uh, to change their behavior in the way the aggrieved individual is, is, is demanding? Um, therefore, you know, can we progress to, uh, you know, some sort of harassment to include swatting? So, so that's really the first thing, just being kind of aware of, of how these things develop and looking for those early signs, uh, so that you can kind of, uh, you know, uh, really anticipate the fact that a swatting could happen. And when you think about it, uh, you and I have spent a lot of time, whether it's uh, on a protection detail with the government or in the private sector or, in essence, uh, at an estate. What do you do if uh, the police show up, uh, red lights and sirens, and say, hey, we've got a 911 call from inside the house? Yeah, well, well hopefully you're, you're, you're taking a step back from that and uh, you have really good liaison relationship with those authorities, right? And that's one of the things that, you know, you and I were always working on having, you know, good uh, liaison at, at all levels, uh, you know, state, local, and federal level, uh, you know, with, with the law enforcement. So, so you want to have those connections ahead of time. You obviously, it's, it's, it's much more difficult to make connections in the midst of, uh, you know, of, of a, a tr- uh, you know, emergency. Um, so you really want to have those, those communications ahead of time. You want to talk, uh, you know, to those liaison, uh, officers and make sure that they're aware, uh, you know, of the potential of, of a swatting. And really one of the things that we've seen, especially right now, uh, you know, with the, the huge uptick we've seen over the last couple of months, uh, you know, it's not just law enforcement officers, but, you know, 911 operators, uh, you know, uh, are, are really dispatchers are becoming much more aware of the possibility. Uh, so if you kind of give them a little bit of advance notice, hey, you know, we've got some, some aggrieved people that are focused on us. Uh, they've doxxed us. It seems like they're, they're progressing towards a swatting. Um, you know, if, if you give them that information in advance, it can really help them place the call into context. Uh, and, and then, you know, that response will be better. And of course, you know, if the police do respond, the last thing we want to do is escalate, right? Uh, you know, we want to try to de-escalate the situation as, as quickly as possible. Um, you know, and, and despite the fact that there have been, you know, thousands and thousands of swatting incidents, the, the, the you know, uh, the tragedies that have emerged from them have been, you know, pretty few and far between. There, there have been a, a couple shootings, including one fatality, and there was another fatality from a heart attack. Uh, but, but by and large, most swatting calls are resolved without any sort of violence. And I know through our ex- collective experience over the years, uh, if you have that liaison relationship established, whether it be with the locals, uh, the state or the FBI, for example, you can look at putting your residents on like, let's say, enhanced 911. So those operators and the local first responders know that there's a high value target that lives here. Yeah, and, and even beyond that, we're starting to see departments around the country uh, put out kind of a, a, a you know a, kind of a swatting list. Uh, you know, here, here, these are potential uh, addresses here that that could be subject to swatting calls. So any calls that you receive, re- you know, regarding these uh, you know the, these residences, uh, be very careful. So it really gets back to some of the things that. Uh we've been preaching for many years with a baseline threat assessment, understanding your threat landscape, knowing who those threat actors are that are out there that could haunt you. Yeah. Um, you know, it really all fits hand in glove. 
Um, you know, and, and it can also be part of, you know, unfortunately things can go beyond swatting too. So that, that's why you also need to keep, uh, you know, an eye on these uh, sorts of, of, of incidents. And, and certainly we've even seen with some of the politicians recently, um, you know, you not only will have the, the, the swatting incidents, but you can have uh, fixated individuals actually try to conduct a vandalism or even get to the point of trying to conduct an attack. Um, and, and so, you know, this is just one part of that continuum. And we really need to, to you know, think of the entire continuum and, and the possibilities there. And that really reinforces why it's so important, uh, you know, to, to to not only identify uh, kind of the grievance collectors, but then to monitor their activities, uh, monitor their communications for indications of an escalation. And from your tracking of this phenomena, from a trending perspective, do you anticipate this to continue? Like, uh, what are some of the drivers that could be behind this? Oh, right, right now, the big driver is the election cycle. Uh, and and just really the uh, you know toxic political environment we find ourselves in in the United States right now. And so you know in the past it was kind of uh, you know lower level stuff, and you had kind of you know the dot or the the swatting happening within these gaming communities, uh, people that had grievances that sort of thing. Uh, now what we're really seeing is you know it being dragged into this political realm with politicians being uh, you know swatted. And uh, I, I really believe that as we gl- grow closer to the, the 2024 elections here, that we're going to see a continued escalation. And, and you know, unfortunately, uh, because of the technologies and the tools that are used in swatting, uh, it, it can be pretty difficult, uh, you know, for the authorities to, to pick up uh, and, and to identify and then prosecute the swatters. Uh, you know, there have been some, some notable successes. But by and large, most people who engage in swatting uh, get away with it scot-free. Yeah, that's really interesting. And from your analysis of this phenomena, have you seen any indications that some of this could be nation-state sponsored? Or are we talking about more than likely lone threat actors with an axe to grind? Well, uh, I mean, we've definitely seen kind of... uh, you know, swatting sweatshops or whatever, you know, so there, there have been kind of some hubs that, that do, you know, dozens or hundreds of squatting calls. Uh, you know, some of them do it as kind of a business model, uh, you know, send me kind of, kind of like what we've seen the, the bomb threat as a business model in the past, you know, send me, uh, you know, send me some Bitcoin and I'll, I'll swat whoever you want me to. Uh, so we, we kind of have that going on, but you know, it, it gets really murky. Uh, when we think about kind of the cyber mercenary, cyber criminal realm from some of the state sponsors out there, you know, like the, the Chinese or the Russians or the Iranians or North Koreans, you know, it, it gets pretty murky, uh, and, and it's hard to divide sometimes, uh, you know, the difference between kind of a cyber mercenary and somebody that might work for the state, uh, or, or just do, uh, you know, contract work for the state. Uh, so, so there's definitely, uh, you know, so, some crossover happening there. I think in context, we're talking about the protection, or at least I was, from an estate. But if you put this in a corporate communications or a corporate headquarters kind of uh, phenomena, Scott, have you seen any evidence of any major multinational corporations or their headquarters being targeted for swatting? Um, There there have been some instances of that, but it, it seems like it's been more directed against corporate officers. Uh, you know, uh, so executives and not necessarily, uh, you know, the headquarters, although there have been a few, but it's really kind of a more personalized attack 
than it is a, you know, kind of a, a generalized attack against a, a large target. So if you're that protection team out there with responsibility for uh, an executive crew, you have to make sure that uh, you have a good finger on the pulse. Oh, yeah. I mean, let, let's face it, you, you need to have that no matter what, what threat actor we're talking about, right? Uh, whether it's just, you know, unstable individuals, stalkers, uh, activists, uh, terrorists, criminals, uh, you know, we always need to remain alert to, to all these various threat actors. Uh, and, and this is just one more to kind of, you know, throw in the hopper, if you will. Uh, the good news is, though, like I said, is, you know, it is something that, that can be kind of foreseen, you know, as we, we, you know, follow these, these grievance collectors, as we, you know, watch their communications, we see things like, doxing, denunciation that, that allow us to see the progression along that uh, social media threat continuum. So, it, you know, like what we talk about with things like the pathway to violence or the, the, the you know, the attack cycle, looking at the social media threat continuum then just gives us a, a guide that helps us understand where we were, where we are in relation to these threat actors. And then it helps us take action to protect, uh, you know, our people against uh, actions by them. You know, process-wise, uh, Scott, have you seen from a protocol perspective, uh, wind back a couple comments ago you had with local police getting used to this kind of response, are they looking at this very similar to what they would for any kind of call for service at a VIP's house or how they're handling this any differently? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we, we definitely are seeing, uh, you know, particular jurisdictions, especially where you have a kind of concentration of targets. And where they've experienced a lot of these incidents, uh, you know, they are getting wise. And, and at the, the high level, uh, the FBI has actually just gone out and recently created kind of a national swatting database. And so they're really trying to look at, uh, you know, gathering as much intelligence they can, you know, on these incidents in order to help track down some of these actors and, and hopefully, you know, put a bit of a lid on the problem. Yeah, that's fascinating uh, from a national perspective. Do you know if that database is uh, publicly accessible or is it something that the Bureau is just trying to try to wrap their arms around it to look at this from a trending perspective? Yeah, I, be I believe it's, a, it's an investigative tool for them. And so I, I think that what they're doing is gathering information from jurisdictions around the country and, and trying to put together, you know, the, the, the pieces of the puzzle so that they can see these more active actors. Uh, you know, the people that are very involved in the systematic swatting and then really trying to go after them. You know, the interesting part, Scott, uh, you know, if you think about this in context to to where we came from with our State Department uh, experience, is this a U.S. phenomenon predominantly? Or is this happening around the globe? Uh, unfortunately, it is. It is happening around the globe. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's and, and and also it's happening here from actors around the globe. Um, you know, just like some of the, the bomb threat callers that we've seen from overseas as well. Uh, you know, so with kind of the, the internet today, uh, you know, everything's just kind of a click away. And I would imagine too, when you look at this from the Bureau's perspective, meaning the FBI, if they're looking at it from a national perspective, they're going to be able to triangulate in on some of those voices that are calling in these 911 uh, centers and so forth. Yeah, hopefully. Um, uh, you know, there again, some of them are using, uh, you know, technologies meant to kind of mask, uh, you know, their voices also kind of mask their identities. Uh, but, but there have been some kind of, you know, telltale signs that some of the, the police departments are picking up on. Uh, one is when they have a, 
like an emergency call that comes into a, a non-emergency number. So instead of 911, somebody dials the, you know, the regular business number of the police department, starts screaming about, you know, a, a mass killing or a kidnapping. Uh, the other one is that they've seen that some of these groups have been using that, you know, kind of text to voice uh, capability in, in an effort to kind of, you know, further uh, obfuscate themselves. Um, so those are, you know, the, some some little hints, I think, that dispatchers are starting to pick up on to, to help them uh, pick up some of the swatting calls quickly. And schools are, have been affected, too? Yeah, uh, the, the, the targets have been pretty, pretty widespread. Interesting. As you look at this over the horizon, Scott, I know this is something that uh, you and your Torchstone team does. Uh, where do you see this going? Meaning, uh, if you fast forward, uh, you know, 90 days from now or uh, you look out over the horizon, what's next in this space? Oh, boy. I, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost endless, right? As, as we get into things like AI, uh, deep fakes, you know, think about that. You, you have a, a deep fake of a politician's voice or a businessman's voice. Making an uh, you know an, uh, an emergency nine one one call um, that, that that's becomes familiar. Uh, deep fake videos that are sent you know to to police departments or something. Um, so I I really think that that you know unfortunately uh, these problems are going to persist and that uh, you know security professionals are going to have to figure out ways to continue to you know kind of stay ahead of the curve as well as law enforcement agencies across the country. Are really going to have to be, you know, very alert uh, to these sorts of scams. Scott, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to say about this? And uh, where can uh, folks get access to that uh, brilliant analysis that your team put together on this topic? Uh, yeah, Fred, I, I think we've covered the topic pretty well, but uh, th there are a couple papers on uh, the, what we call the watch. Uh, section of the Torchstone Global website. So if you just uh, type in Torchstone Global, the watch, uh, you can get there and you can read the piece that was written by uh, my colleague, Ben West, that talks about sweating, swatting, as well as uh, the piece that I wrote on the social media threat continuum, which, you know, it all kind of ties together. Well, thanks so much uh, for being on our podcast today, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co slash center. It was produced by AJ McKeon. Our music is a track called Monteverdi Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcasts at ontic.co or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. Thanks for listening. <laughs>